From the international headquarters of the Sword of the Lord Publishers and Ministries here in downtown Murfreesboro, Tennessee, this is Making a Difference, and I'm Dr. Shelton Smith. Well, dear friends, it's Friday, and uh, we're looking forward to a great weekend ahead, and I trust that uh, you're making plans already about being in church on Sunday. It's going to be my privilege this weekend, the Lord being my helper, I'll be preaching at the Bellwood Baptist Church, which is our home church here in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. I'll be on at the 930 hour for the auditorium Bible class and then preaching at 1030 and at six o'clock in the evening. If you live here in the Rutherford County, Middle Tennessee area, I hope you'll come to see us. And at the same time, come Monday and Tuesday, I'm scheduled to be at the Mountain Lake Independent Baptist Church in Oakland, Maryland, out in the beautiful mountains of Western Maryland. We have a great conference there every year, and I hope that you'll make your plans to be with us. Dr. Norris Belcher and I will be the featured speakers Monday and Tuesday. So I do hope that you'll plan to be with us this coming Monday and Tuesday at Mountain Lake Independent Baptist Church, Oakland, Maryland. Now, yesterday I started uh, talking to you about being guided by the book. We're looking at this series of messages where we're studying to show ourselves approved unto God and at the same time being ready to always give an answer to every man that asketh us the reason of the hope that is in us. So you understand from those two passages, we're talking about exploring and explaining very basic issues, what I call ground zero issues, things that honestly we need to have settled. We need them very clear. We need to have no doubt about what we're talking about. So we're talking right now about being guided by the book. And yesterday we spent almost the entire time looking at 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 15 and 16 that talk about the inspiration of the Bible, what God gave it to us for so that it's profitable to us. And today we start with verse 17 of that passage where the Bible tells us that we have the inspired word of God so that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. Now, what we're looking at here is this passage talks about perfection, meaning maturity, not sinlessness, because we are still human beings and we still have that old carnal nature that sometimes gets out of hand. But this word perfect, as it's used in the Bible, means mature. And then that we're entirely furnished, thoroughly furnished, truly furnished, so that we're able to produce the things that God would have us to produce. Remember, Ephesians 2.10 tells us that we're created in Christ Jesus unto good works. We are his workmanship, and he wants us to produce things in our life that will honor him as we serve him. Now, let me just remind you, your works are not going to save you. When you work in advance of being saved, trying to please the Lord, you're making a futile effort. You simply cannot work your way to heaven. You cannot work your way into the family of God. But once you are saved, as you begin to grow in the Lord, 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 18 talks about us growing in the Lord. And as we grow in the Lord, we're able then to do works that are pleasing unto the Lord. We cannot please him trying to work our way to heaven. But once we're saved, we can please him with our works because then we're working because we are saved. 
not in order to get saved, but because we are saved. So it's important for us to know that God does have something in mind. He intends to perfect us. He intends to mature us. He intends to get us where that we're able to produce. He'll produce things in us that will make us better, that will make us stronger, that will make us the kind of person we ought to be. And at the same time, he wants us to become a producer. He wants us to be fruitful. And in all of that, we understand that the Lord has that in mind as he gives us his word. So we are guided by the book. Now, remember, there is a passage in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12 that adds some additional weight here, and it tells us that the Word of God is very powerful. Look with me at that passage. For the Word of God is quick. That just means it's alive. Whenever you tear your fingernail to the quick, what are you doing? You're tearing it to the place where there's life, and that's the reason it hurts. So he says the Word of God is quick and powerful sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So the Word of God's going to dig deep with you. It's going to go deep within you. And whenever you take the Word of God seriously, you take it by faith, you begin to believe God and believe what He has said in His Word, it's going to do a work in you. It's going to be something very, very powerful, a very strong element in your life, and that's something we all need. I've mentioned again here today, and uh, I do it often, I remind myself and I remind you that we're all sinners, and we all have that old carnal nature. Well, we need something working in us that will help us to overwhelm that, help us to have power over that. And whenever we are empowered of the Spirit of God and empowered by the Word of God, then we are in a strong position. And that's why that when the devil shows up, we can deal with him. We can resist him. That's why when temptation is put in front of us, we can say no to that because we have the strength that comes from God's blessed Word and, of course, by His Spirit as well. Now, let me get you to look with me also at 1 Peter chapter number 1, verses 23 and following. Again, additional information here about the Word of God that enables us to figure out that, yes, we do need to be guided by the book. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 24 and 25 tell us, For all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man as the flower of grass. The grass withers, and the flower thereof fadeth away. But the word of the Lord endureth forever, and this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. So, once again, we have a strong authoritative statement made about the Bible telling us why we need to let the Lord guide us with his word. Uh, the grass comes up, it looks great for a while, it may blossom and look just beautiful, but at the same time, it's not going to last forever. But the Word of God is going to last every day, every hour of the day, every generation, every century, every step of the way, all the way to eternity. And it's by the Word of God that we got the gospel. We know about Jesus. We know about the cross. We know about the resurrection because we have the Word. And therefore, we ought to be guided by the Word. And some of you may say, well, I'm having a little difficulty understanding when I read the Bible. 
Well, if you drop down into chapter 2 of 1 Peter, verse 2 says, As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that you may grow thereby. Now, what that tells me is there are portions of the Bible which are more difficult than others. Some are stronger than others. And whenever you begin to read the Bible, you need to start where it's easy to understand, and some of it will be a little more difficult, but none of it is beyond your grasp, ultimately, as you grow in the Lord. That's why we often suggest that whenever you get saved, you begin reading the Psalms, begin reading the Proverbs, begin reading the Gospel of John, and these are sections of the Bible that are just so foundational. Again, we're talking about ground zero. We're talking about getting you started in your Christian life in a way that will teach you the things that will enable you, that will help you, that will strengthen your hand as you go. Now, also, I want to point out that Second Peter chapter 1 also has some insight on this. Verse 16 of chapter 1 says, For we have not followed cunningly devised fables when we made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. So let's make clear here what we're looking at in the Bible. This is not myth. This is not fables. These are not stories that are just made up to interest us, but these are, in fact, the authoritative truths of God. You and I can take that to the bank, make the deposit, write a check anytime we please, and know that we have solid authority on which we can base the truth that we need to live by. Now, that same first chapter of Second Peter, dropping down into verse 19, says, right after it, talking about we're not on fables, we're not going with myths, etc., Verse 19 says, we have also a more sure word of prophecy, something solid, something sure. Whereunto you do well that you take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts, knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation, for the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. So, again, we have some understanding given here about how we got the Bible, how God worked to get his word to us through these men that he chose for that purpose. And at the same time, we're told what we have is a sure word whenever we read the Bible. We have, in fact, the very solid assurance that we have the truth. God gives us his word to assure us so that we're not always just uh, lingering in doubt. We're not always just uh, finding uh, the reason to hesitate, but instead we are locked in. We're solid. We have an authority. We have a basis on which we can build and we can be strong because of that. Now, the fact is when you and I are guided by the book, we're on track. We're headed right. We do not have to back up for one second because we have the authority of God undergirding what we have said. Now, one more passage today that I want you to look at. This one is in Romans chapter number three, verses one and two. The question is raised there. What advantage does the Jew have? What profit is there in being of the circumcision, meaning being an Israeli, being a Jew, what profit is there? What advantage is there? And the answer is given in verse 2 when it says, Much every way, chiefly because that unto them were committed the oracles of God. Yes, God spoke and gave his word so that we have something on which to build. And Israel, the Jews, 
They received that first. They had access to that. And so do they have an advantage? Sure they do. They have an advantage because they had full access early on to the great truths of God. Now, the fact is, you and I have a Bible. You and I have not only the Old Testament, which the Jews had, we have the New Testament as well. And with both of those, the Old Testament and the New Testament, we have so much that we can work with, so much on which we can build. And I'm telling you, it's really special whenever you realize that we have the authoritative Word of God that enables us, that guides us. I mean, we talk about a GPS getting us from point A to point B whenever we're out and about. Well, in your Christian life, and in the work of your church, and in all things related to life, the Word of God is here for us to guide us, to keep us on track, to keep us headed right. And dear friend, this is a basic foundational issue. It is one of those ground zero issues. Don't let somebody talk you out of it. The Bible is the authoritative Word of God, and we need to hang on tightly to that. Well, I hope you have a great weekend. I look forward to being back Monday, and I trust you'll join me then. And in the meantime, write me a note sometime this weekend. I'd love to hear from you. Write to me, Dr. Shelton Smith, at P.O. Box 1099, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, 37133. The email address is radio at swordofthelord.com. And until Monday, God bless you. Have a great weekend. Goodbye for now.